Welcome to this abbreviated worship service provided by St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais and Kankakee. That opening song was the hymn, Christ Has Arisen, Alleluia, a wonderful Easter hymn that brings back the joy of the Easter message of Jesus' resurrection. That hymn was performed by our organist, Nadine Engel. I'm Pastor Mike Hanel, and I'll be leading today's service. In our service today, you will hear three readings from the Bible, a sermon, the Lord's Prayer, and receive a benediction. We thank you for listening, and we pray that you are blessed by the Lord's words this day. Our first reading for this, the sixth Sunday of Easter, comes from Acts 17, verses 16 through 31. Here we have a chance to listen to Paul, that great missionary to the Gentiles, as he comes into Athens and finds a way to connect with them the message of the one true God. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to dispute with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him into a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we want to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with its inscription, To an unknown God. Now what you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything, because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that this divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. 
This is the word of our Lord. Our second lesson comes from the uh, first epistle that Peter wrote, chapter 3. The past few weeks we've been hearing a lot from this particular uh, epistle, and Peter now is building on that case that he has laid down earlier, that confidence that we have because of the resurrection of Jesus. And so this confidence wells in up to give, to give us not only hope for our lives, but also boldness to speak to others and share with them this same hope in Jesus and the resurrection and the salvation that he brings. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for evil. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God, he was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels and authorities and powers in submission to him. This is the word of our Lord. The gospel reading for today, the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. This is a continuation of last week's gospel reading as we heard the uh, initial words that Jesus said to his disciples. The context, again, is uh, during that time of the Last Supper on Monday, Thursday, Jesus has his disciples gathered together and he has these final words to share with them, words of comfort to prepare them for what is to come. John 14. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please pray with me. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I don't know if you have ever had a long-distance relationship. Nowadays, it seems like those are pretty common because, let's face it, we are people always on the go. And through the technology that we have today, it's easier now than ever to be in a long-distance relationship. Once upon a time, in order to sustain that relationship, maybe you had to write a lot of letters or phone calls. But now with instant messaging, with video chat, with email, it is easier than ever to stay in touch with people, even from a distance. But what we have been learning in the recent pandemic is that distance matters. That even those relationships that we have locally, that we aren't able to continue in the same way by seeing those people each day, by spending time with them. Well, sure, we can give them a phone call. We can even video chat with them. But we miss that presence, that physical presence of those people in our lives each day. As it turns out, these long-distant relationships, they're hard. They are challenging. And our world changes, but some things remain the same. We don't want long-distance relationships. What we want is to be with the people we love. And even though that's true, we have to admit that our world has changed and we have changed with it. While it used to be very common for somebody to live in the same town that they were born in and to spend their entire life there and die there, that's not so common anymore. Maybe you're like me and you are very far from the place that you were born, far from the place that you grew up in. Maybe you've lived in multiple cities, multiple states, maybe even different countries. We're used to that life of the sojourner. We're always on the road, always traveling and never home. In some ways, long distance relationships have just become the norm. And sometimes as the distance increases, we lose connection with those people that we once had that close physical contact with, and we make new friends, new relationships. Last week, Pastor Copen talked about home. He talked about our ultimate home, to be with Jesus forever in his kingdom, He preached on the opening verses of John's Gospel, the 14th chapter. Today, we are going to continue hearing Jesus' words from John 14, but we're going to consider another dimension of that conversation. In the opening verses of John 14, Jesus stresses the fact that although he may be leaving his disciples for a time, He will come back to bring them to their forever home. Jesus said he is the way to the Father. 
and he will make their eternal futures secure. Jesus is pointing them to that future. But in our reading for today, Jesus turns back the clock a bit from that ultimate future that he is securing for each of us. And instead, he reassures us that in the present, in our today, and in our tomorrow, we don't need to worry about maintaining a long-distant relationship with Jesus. Now, Jesus may be leaving the disciples in a sense, but he's not leaving them alone. Jesus specifically said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Here, Jesus is making a promise, a promise to those disciples who are very much in need of that particular promise, even if at the time they didn't fully understand it. Jesus' betrayal was about to come, and then all of those disciples would flee. They would run. They would hide. They would deny. They would doubt. They would see this Jesus go to the cross and then to the grave. And throughout those chaotic hours, these disciples would no doubt feel alone. In their moments of weakness, they had abandoned God. And no doubt they thought that God had abandoned them because of their own lack of courage to act. But here, Jesus speaks against those fears and anxieties. And instead, he speaks a bold word of promise. See, even if these disciples will leave him, Jesus says, I will not leave you. You will not be orphans. You may not come to me, but I will come to you. And we know from the gospel accounts that Jesus fulfills this wonderful promise. After his resurrection on Easter Sunday, Jesus came to his disciples and he gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit. He gave them the gift of forgiveness. He gave them the gift of assuring them that their faith was not in vain, that he is that victorious conqueror. But Jesus' promise isn't just for those disciples. Now, although our situations are much different than those first disciples, although we live in a different time, Jesus' promise remains the same. Jesus never planned to leave those first disciples all by themselves, and he won't leave you alone as an orphan either. Instead, he says, I will come to you. And we all need that, don't we? I mean, you haven't exactly walked the same path as those first disciples. You may not have personally denied Jesus as he went to the cross, but our guilt is the same. Our fears are the same. Our disobedience is the same. 
Simply turn up the devil's voice in your own life. And very quickly, you'll feel more like an orphan of God than a disciple of Jesus. After all, the devil says, what was it that Jesus said again? Did, didn't he say, if you loved me, you'd keep my commands? Now tell me, how many of you, when you're making your daily to-do list, first make a list of how you will fulfill Jesus's commands given to you? Do we even pray on a regular basis? Do you read God's word? Maybe, maybe your allegiance to Jesus is nothing more than your own empty words. <laughs> yes, in the devil's hands, the words of Jesus can turn into a millstone tied around your neck that will sink you into the abyss. But these are not the devil's words. They are Jesus's words. And Jesus knows you, just like he knew those first disciples. And Jesus didn't die for you on the cross because you were perfect. He died on you. He died for you because he knew you were not. He knows all the ugliness of your sinful nature. But in spite of all of that, he promises even you, that even when you feel alone, I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. And Jesus does come to us. He gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit in his word and his sacraments. And when he forgives us, he assures us that not only did he give himself unto death for us, but he also rose again for each of us. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is that counselor who is with us to help us to walk not according to the ways of the world, but according to the ways of Jesus. To live not for ourselves only, but for God's own glory and for our neighbor's welfare. And even when you don't live up to that standard, even when you feel like you've walked away from that life that Jesus has called you to, even then you are no orphan. Jesus's words are for you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And the spirit of truth, that counselor, will drive away the lies of the devil by the clear message of God's mercy and love for you. When Jesus talks about asking his Father to send the Spirit, he's doing that for you. Jesus is not waiting for you to repent. He's not waiting for you to be perfect. He's not waiting for you to say the right prayer. Jesus died for all of God's prodigal sons and daughters, and he died for you too. And when he sees you in trouble, he doesn't wait for you to get your life in order because he will not leave you as an orphan. He will come to you. 
You see, Jesus' promise of his presence, it's not a one-time offer. If that were true, we'd all be lost. Instead, Jesus promises that he will not leave us as orphans. He will come to us. And that is a promise for all who would hear his word for all time. Because Jesus ascended into heaven to the right hand of his heavenly father, he has the power to be everywhere at once. He has the power to fulfill his promise And he does. Jesus comes to each of you. Not just one time in your life, say at your baptism or maybe even at your confirmation. No. Instead, he is always working, always asking, always giving through his words and his sacraments. And when he comes, he's never alone. He comes with the spirit of truth. He comes with his heavenly father's love and forgiveness. He comes bringing to you again and again those gifts that you always need. Because just like a fish can't survive outside the water, Jesus knows that you can't survive without him. And that's okay. You were not meant to. You were meant to live in him, to live by faith in him. And it's because Jesus continues to come to you that that very thing is possible. Long distance relationships, they're hard. It can be difficult to be away from home. But Jesus promises you that you never have to experience that with him. He will not leave you as orphans. He will come to you. He will not have a socially distant relationship with you. He will come to you. He will not leave you alone in your fears or your failures. He will come to you. He will not leave you alone in your sin. He will come to you. You are not the orphans of God. Instead, Jesus declares that you are brothers and sisters in Christ now and forever. Why? Because Jesus is here for you. He is here with you. So fill your hearts with his love, with his life, with his grace, with his forgiveness. Because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, your Lord and your risen Savior. Amen. Together we pray the Lord's Prayer as Jesus has taught us. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now receive the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you again for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. During this time of sheltering in place, you can continue to hear us here on WKAN Radio, but you can also hear our online worship services on our website. Just go to stpaulslutheran.net and click Worship on the menu. God's blessings to you this day.